And welcome, everyone. This is Kevin Annett, Eagle Strong Voice. It's March 20th, and you are listening to Here We Stand, the voice of the resistance and the Republic of Canada. And for over seven years, we've been broadcasting this program to help organize people to reclaim their minds and their world. And this, of course, today is the second anniversary, entering the third year of the COVID police state, and we have that police state to thank for this incredible growth in awareness and organization all over the planet. It's often been said that we have our enemies to thank for showing us who we are. And that's certainly the case now. The last two years has been a, seen a monumental growth in the ability of people to fight back, and not simply in retaliation or in response to the evil done to them, but recognizing that that evil is coming from ourselves as well. And that's been a lot of the focus of our show is looking at ourselves in the mirror. And we're going to continue to do that today in a very activist kind of way. Uh, the Republic of Canada has been spreading, especially over the last couple of years, into a very uh, grassroots type of movement across Canada and around the world. We've inspired common law republics now in nine other countries. And one of the things that we've noticed recently, especially in the belt through southern Ontario, is a lot of people are realizing that the genocide and crimes of the past are very much connected now to the pharmaceutical-run genocide striking us everywhere through the COVID police state. The title of today's show is Two Centuries of Pharmaceutical-Run Genocide in Canada and Globally, Looking at Evidence and What to Do About It. You can follow our work, murderbydecree.com, republicofkanata.org, that's K-A-N-A-T-A.org, and for you newcomers, a lot of my books are listed on the murderbydecree.com site, along with the work of the Republic at republicofcanada.org. Now, today we're going to feature an interview I did with Owen Lucas about that very topic, especially a news item recently that the United Church in London, Ontario, I'm sorry, not the United, but the Anglican Church, no doubt the United Church as well, in London, Ontario, is requiring that anyone who comes to worship has to get the COVID shot. Not surprisingly, because the Anglican Church and the Crown of England are heavy investors in GlaxoSmithKline and other big pharma companies that have now been indicted and convicted of crimes against humanity. Well, we're going to be talking over that today and hashing over how this genocide, past and present, can be overcome. We've shown how to fight it on the ground. And um, the interview today will get into the nuts and bolts of that. But before we start that, I wanted to share something that... um, I came across recently from one of my good buddies, a poet, Walt Whitman, who was writing in America at the time of the Civil War. And I hope you'll be inspired by these words. I know I am. How the problem begins with us and can be resolved with us as well. He writes, I see flashing that this nation is only you and me. Its power, wars, weapons, and struggles are you and me, as are its pure glowing moments. Its crimes, lies, thefts, adulteries are you and me. Its government, its endless gestations of sin and babble are but you and me and what we choose to engender. So I dare not shirk any part of myself, nor any part of this nation, good or bad. For I am for those who have never been mastered by the times, for those men and women whom laws, orders, conventions can never master. I am for those who walk abreast with the world and with all its people, who welcome and inaugurate one to welcome and inaugurate all. I will not be repelled by irrational things. I will make empire and pomp defer to reason and virtue. That is what I've learned from America, and America from me. 
Ah, liberty, now weapons are everywhere aimed at your heart, yet I see you serenely give birth to immortal children. I see you spreading like a great mantle to cover the world. Then courage yet, my brother, my sister, keep on, for liberty is to be served whatever occurs. Nothing is quelled by failure or by the indifference and fear of the people or by any betrayal or by the brushes of power, statutes, police, and jail cells. What we are and what we believe waits latent forever in every land. It invites no one, promises nothing, sits in calmness and light, knows no discouragement, waits patiently for its moment. For songs of insurrection are the sweetest. And I am the sworn poet of every dauntless rebel the world over. And he going with me leaves peace and routine behind and stakes his life to be lost at any moment. So even now, as the battle rages with many an alarm and defeat, and the tyrant triumphs, or supposes he triumphs, even as the named and unnamed heroes pass on and lie forgotten, their causes sleep. Even as the eyes of young men and women droop in despair, even then, liberty has not gone from the land, nor has the tyrant come into possession of it. For when liberty leaves a place, it is the last to go. When there are no more memories of heroes and martyrs, and when all life and the souls of men and women are discharged from the earth, only then shall liberty or the idea of liberty be discharged and the tyrant come into full possession. And so courage, revolter, revoltress, for until all ceases, neither must you cease. Even in your defeat and dismay shall you find greatness through the eternity held in your breast. As you walk free and unchained, unaffected by loss, by indifferent and by indifference of time and circumstance, proving yourself equal to all those compassionators and restorers of mankind, journeying forever until you make your ineffaceable mark and you saturate time and eras so that the men and women of races, ages to come, may prove brethren and lovers as we are. That's Walt Whitman from Leaves of Grass written just before and during the American Civil War, and carry that as an inspiration today, brothers and sisters. The problem may come from us, but that means the problem can be resolved by us. Within our own sovereignty, with no authority over us except conscience and the Creator as we understand them to be, the God of nature who stands sovereign over all all things and all people and under whom tyrants fall away under the great light of reason and virtue. This is Kevin Annett, Eagle Strong Voice. Enjoy the interview today. Carry it on. We'll be back next week. Stay strong and stay clear. Hi, Kev. How's things? Can you hear me? Good day. Yes, I can. Uh, like a scratch record. Wow, it doesn't stop, does it? It keeps on coming. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. So you sent me you sent me a well, really interesting list here of topics for uh, an extra one this week. Let's let's just start with number one, shall we? The policy of Anglican churches in Canada of requiring that only worshippers be vaccinated. So very similar to a lot of other corporations. So you know it is a corporation, right? Uh, there's coercion, which is the terminology of the Nuremberg Code, uh, with regards to spirituality and worship in the Anglican Church. Is that just in Canada or is that worldwide? Well. It appears to be starting in Canada, and there's more to it than meets the eye. We got this uh, last week from people who live around London, Ontario, and that's already a hotspot for a lot of these crimes. As you know, the Anglican Church ran that death camp called the uh, Mush Hole 
you know, the uh, the Mohawk Institute in Brantford, not too far down the road. That's, and, that's um, Ontario, heard, not, not, not too far from Ottawa. That uh, West of Ottawa, but it's southern Ontario, yeah. And we heard from people there that the churches around London are now not only requiring that people be vaccinated to attend, but they get a certain vaccine from the local Anglican-affiliated hospital, Victoria Hospital in London. Now, this hospital, uh, we did some research, and the drug they're pushing is, of course, put out by GlaxoSmithKline, which is unusual because most of the vaccines in Canada are not from GSK. They're from uh, Moderna or Pfizer. So um, we dug in a, a bit more into this, and sure enough, as you know, uh, Queen Elizabeth, Emma Walmsley, the head of GSK, and um, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, are now facing arrest warrants because of their involvement of using children in, in drug testing experiments. And should, should we just do a re- can, can we just do a really quick recap Kev, for people who haven't heard about this mush hole before? This is uh, from the residential schools, which is basically death camp when you look at the numbers of deaths of children that were in these camps. And the mush hole is this absolutely mind-bending, horrific uh, punishment whereby children were put in a pit often in the freezing cold of winter, until they basically just perished of cold. And and the word mush is a reference to the sort of fleshy swamp that was down there because of the number of corpses. Is is, is that pretty much it? That's right. It's all on murderbydecree.com. And and And, uh, there have been no arrests. That's right. Now, now the Mato Shola was the first so-called residential school in Canada run by the Crown of England. We did a dig there. We found the remains. As a matter of fact, here are some of the buttons right there off the, off the dig, the buttons off school uniforms. Um, you know, and we, in the course of it, we found that these deaths, again, were because of drug testing experiments that have been, been done on Native children in the very same hospital now where they want all the Anglican church members to report to get the shot. So, um, it, it's when you look into the background, the connection between GlaxoSmithKline and Anglican Church, it runs very deep. It goes back over 150 years. And one of the guys who set up, it was called uh, Henry Welcome. He was a, a, an Englishman who started up a, a thing called the Welcome Trust. Right. And they set up hospitals all over the world to use uh, human beings at drug testing experiments. You know, uh, West Coast Native Indians. Uh, the uh, Cherokee Indians in, in the Midwest, they were using them to test their diphtheria vaccines. In South Africa, all over Africa, this Welcome Trust, which was then bought up by the Galapagos Smith claims. So you see the connection here with the, the crown and this genocidal drug company. And this Wellcome Trust still operates hospitals to this day, and it's connected with the, um, the injection rollout now, right? Oh, that's right. They're also involved over in China. In, you know, the 70,000 people every year who are killed for their organs, GSK, Novartis, Pfizer, they're all uh, employed there by the government to test out tissue samples from potential uh, organ, uh, well, they're not donors, they're involuntarily, you know, Jeff, could, have could their you organs grabbed. That, you, they're all deeply involved in this modern-day genocide. We lost you on the audio for a second there, Kev. Could you, could you just rewind a bit and, and repeat that section again? Just that uh, GlaxoSmithKline, like Novartis and uh, Pfizer and all the others, are deeply involved with organ trafficking in China. The over 70,000 people who die every year for their organs, uh, these companies go in and are used to test out tissue samples from these 
you know, people whose organs are to be slated for, you know, for trafficking and all that. So you see this genocide goes on. And when you when you trace the history, it not only goes back to this Henry Welcome guy, but these companies are all deeply involved with the Nazis as well. Um, and, and, you know, and in the death camps. So it's, it's the fact that the Anglican Church now is now using their own people sitting in the pews to test out these drugs, these murderous drugs. It's an example of how how high and how deep this runs, right? Well, how about also that, that as a to run with a theory that because they haven't made the profits that perhaps they were hoping to, that you know a lot of these injections are now getting destroyed because the the uptake is is dropping off fast, right? So they're looking perhaps to uh, you know make compulsory wherever they can people having because it's, it's a death industry, right? You know, you, the history the history you're, you're talking about here is you know documents uh, and, and categorizes all this his, uh, this money making through the death industry and and so if things are dropping off then they're looking to impose where they can uh these well yeah and naturally their their own people are a reliable crop of guinea pigs because they're already brainwashed very much into the church system but the thing to realize that and and which not many people are saying is that this is a continuity of a genocide that's gone on for centuries it's just the latest expression of it and um you know it's kind of ironic when you look at the uh just do a bit of background corporate research pfizer GlaxoSmithKline, merck all of the big drug companies They've been fined over $16 billion in the last 10 years in court cases where they caused death, they caused uh, disease, they obstructed justice, they, they were defrauding the public. These are criminally convicted bodies, not only for genocide, but just everyday fraud and, and you know, uh, financial indiscretion and murder. And I'm you have not- people line up, you know. Sure. And, and not only are they avoiding uh, incrimination and, and conviction, but they're also getting their asses covered with indemnity. Right. So anybody who comes forward yeah. and says, hey, look, you know, this is what's happened. You know, give me, give me insurance or, or let's have a let's do a, a lawsuit because of the damage and injury that's caused. They've got they've got complete cover by by the authorities. Right. And well, they have for 40 years at the Reagan administration in the 80s first brought in legislation saying, uh, drug companies are exempt from prosecution, that they're they're indemnified under the law, which, of course, the churches are, too, for the genocide. Uh, that's why they know the Anglican Church knows they can push murderous drugs on their own people and there'll never be a legal consequence because they're already indemnified. I mean, they're just down the road from when they they did the, the this these kind of murderous inoculations and killing on native kids. And, you know, it's all the same area and all the same crime carrying on. And so, you know, what I often say to people is it's not only in your own backyard, but it's striking you now. It's this inevitable blowback that happens when you're part of a genocidal system, right? It, it, it can only be called a death cult, right? Because not only are they, are they protected, yeah. but it's, it's actively encouraged. And you look at, you know, these documentation like Agenda 21 and Agenda 30, and they look to reduce the global population down to 500 million, half a billion. And, you know, we're seeing it. We're seeing the statistics and the factual information coming through these, these deaths via these, you know, enormous corporations that are being not only covered but encouraged to, to, to roll out yeah. their, their, their genocide. You know, when are people going to give themselves a slap on a cold shower? Well, you know, awakening to something and acting on it are two very different things. And, um, you know, we've talked before about that, about the difficulty people have of imagining outside the present box. Um, 
you know, I just saw today there was people who have known about my work for many years. They know all this stuff, and yet they're still calling on people to write to their members of parliament. I'm saying, hello, aren't you aware of the fact that not only is it a criminally convicted body that has no authority, but what is that going to do? They're all employees of Big Pharma. You know, right. you might as well write to the head of Pfizer and ask him to change his opinion, right? Yeah, sure. The one I do is, you know, you might as well write to Jimmy Savile and say, can you be nice to children, please? You know, <laughs> same thing, right? Well, right. Okay, so you know, next... Talked as well. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to go down the list uh, unless you had an, uh, another point to make. Well, I just really want to flag to people who are hearing this for the first time, murderbydecree.com, because if you go in there, a lot of these examples of how this has happened in the past, the eyewitnesses, testimonies and that, but there's one especially important um, section, a, a, Appendix 10, that's on page 389. If you go to murderbydecree.com, it's about... Uh, uh, Anglican missionary called John Sheepshanks. And in the 1860s, he went all through British Columbia at the, he was an employee, employee of not only the Anglican church, but the Puget Sound agricultural company that had already bought up all this land where the Chilcotin Indians were living on. So is that that across the border? That's from uh, West coast BC and also Washington state. USA, right? No, no, it's it's central British Columbia now. Okay. And it's the Chilcotin people. Sheepshanks went around in the summer of 1864, and he kept a diary about this that's been published. And he described all of the natives he was inoculating about smallpox. Three quarters of those natives were dead by the fall. And then the, his, his corporate buddies uh, bought up all the land. They had preempted it, knowing that he was about to kill off these people. Well, Sheepshanks gets rewarded. He becomes a bishop of Norwich and permanent seat in the House of Lords in London until 1909, right? And he even wrote a book about this. He admitted he did it in this book, you know, germ warfare to wipe out all the central British Indians, Anglican church uh, employee. I mean, you know, this stuff is, is right in the history, right in the tradition, right? As I was reading your book, uh, Mouth of the Canon, uh, I, I remember Sheepshanks, and I, I remember that section about the the inoculation figures, and and you know how it was yeah. very much connected, and and it seemed to me, you know, a, a complete rerun, repeat today with with the, the COVID injections of right. what was going on there. That perhaps it was the injections that was doing that were doing the um, the injuries and the deaths, as opposed to the you know the the so called Mother Nature illness, right? Oh, yeah. Well, it's like with using tuberculosis as the cause of death. You take children and you put the healthy and sick together, let them get killed off by TB, never treat them. And then you can say, well, it's just an act of nature because a lot of people get TB. Right. That That's a cover, the mask over mass murder. Right. And, and the stats, it was in the 90s. Right. The, the number of native, the population in B.C. on the West Coast had had been culled by by over 90 percent. Was it? Oh, yeah. Is my memory right? It went in in just two generations. It went from about anthropologists figure about two million people lived on the west coast. It was very uh, rich in resources. It, it created a huge population in some areas. It was down to twenty thousand uh, by nineteen twenty. So that's about a ninety nine percent wipeout level. And, and we're looking at therefore a, a culture of big pharma and a history of big pharma. Um, Killing people, you know, you, you think also about the Second World War, where you know the chemicals were coming from these corporations to to, to wipe out in the death camps, right? You know, there's there's time and time again we see throughout history that these big pharma corporations are responsible for for mass genocide, you know, st- uh, periodically through 
through history. And you think about the the arms industry, and you know they need wars in order to make profit and justify their their corporate corporate entity, you know, existing. Similarly, it looks like with big pharma that you know this they have to roll out this pestilence plague once every so often to to create their market industry, whatever you want to call it. Right. And of course, the churches are the greatest cover to do that with. Um, you know, churches have been the major instrument of genocide that, in, in, in Western European history and North American history. Um, here's another example. I just want to focus on this Henry Wellcome guy because it's so interesting. Um, he, so in other words, one of the founders of modern day GlaxoSmithKline, he went to a place called Metlakatla, and that was in the northwest part of, part of British Columbia, right where the Chinese are taking over now around Prince Rupert. And as an anthropology student, I read all of the time about this Metlakatla. It was the Anglican Church went in and set up um, a church-run native village where they gave the natives all sorts of freedoms, but they were corralled there. They could never leave the village. Well, it turns out the reason it was is Henry Wellcome was behind it. He was funding Metlakatla because he needed a contained population to test out their drugs on. And he did the same thing. Um, his, he actually married the daughter of a British physician called Doctors, Dr. Thomas Bernardo, who took the street children of London and put them in special homes for slum children where they could do, guess what, medical experimentation on them. So it's all in the family, right? And, you know, he's lauded in the, in the books as this guy who was on the side of the natives. No, he was using them to create really concentration camps, controlled hospital environments to medically test out you know, all of these drugs, everything from diphtheria to tuberculosis to birth control devices, they, they use them, they, they would put experimental IUDs on native women and they'd get killed by them. You know, so these were like nasty-like experimentation camps going back well into the 19th century. And, you know, GSK is, is the inheritor of all that. So that's recent enough to arrest Emma Walmsley right there and the Archbishop of Canterbury and Elizabeth Windsor. So Bernardo is just rewinding our function. Bernardo's is, is a famous, uh, you know, childcare organization over here. Is, is it, is it international? You, you have it too, right? Same one set up by Dr. Thomas Bernardo. And he was actually, there were charges brought against him for his medical murder of children, but there were slum kids in London. So who cared? Right. But if you, if you read some of the alternative history, you'll see that this guy was notorious killer. And, and this seems a template too, that, you know, if you can isolate children, so you know you hear it with the with the Catholic orphanages, right? Oh, these children are born out of wedlock, so you know we have to take them right. off because it's so shameful. Blah 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 blah. What's actually going on is they're they're collecting their commodities, right, in, in order to fuel their right. the, the corporate enterprise. Well, when you look at the history of of uh, child trafficking, especially in the Catholic Church, no wonder they have a quote pro life anti-abortion policy because they need newborn babies to traffic, you know, either for their organs or there's, we talked this uh, about this before the baby for adoption protocol in the hospitals and Catholic hospitals all over the world. They target young Catholic women who are pregnant. They brainwash them to say, you know, you can't raise your child properly, give the church your baby. And then they have a list of adoption agencies who need kids. And so they, they fill that demand. Right. Um, you know, for, for, for children. So it's a huge uh, baby trafficking, human trafficking industry. And the churches are the main, you know, kind of 
tip of the spear of that assault, right? And, and just before we go to Glaxo and, and Emma Wamsley, I've just been spent the last couple of weeks looking at uh, child protection stuff, and that that template, you know, that used to be, or perhaps you know, still, still is an operation, but it, it's been taken up as well by the, the social services, certainly over here, and I think around the world, where they have phrases like potential or future emotional harm, which is a pre-crime, a crime that might or might not happen in the future. Right. And then they, they justify taking children off these, you know, uh, economically deprived families. And, right. and then similarly, you know, where do they go? Where do they end up? Thousands, tens of thousands go missing every year, right? Well, it's, yeah, you've got to ask, like why are they economically, why are they economically deprived in the first place, right? Like, why are natives sitting on the street corner drunk? I mean, it's because it's a history of deliberate impoverishment and genocide. Um, and it's all good business. You know, last year, GlaxoSmithKline's profit rate was 67%. I mean, you know, they're number six in the world now. They've got all of these cornered markets. Um, you know, it, uh, how people can stand by and know all this and then, even if they don't line up for the shot, it's people say, well, do we really have the right to go and seize these vaccines and arrest these people? Well, not only right, obligation. You, you've got to do this under law, right? Well, as, as a, was it one of the chiefs? We're all on the reservation now, right? The world is a uh -huh. reservation. Literally, it worked on the Indians, so why wouldn't it work on us? You know, I mean, it's all the same tactic. They, you know, the technology now is more sophisticated, especially over the Internet, to, to put only one version of reality. That, you know, but, and, and I think that that's the bigger question of how do you really fight back when the information, people's view of reality is all controlled by the very criminals we're opposing? Right. right. Massive inversion. Hypocrisy, you know, to the extreme. Yeah. Number three, the state of the hunting of the three W's, Windsor, Wormsley, and Welby. Okay, so should we start with Welby, seeing as we, we've got to the Anglican Church? So he's the head of the Anglican Church in uh, globally, just like Windsor is right. of the Crown globally. Yep. All three of them have been com completely incommunicado. You don't see them in public. You might see their doubles, but they are hidden because they know that it's the same reason the, the British government, Boris Johnson, cancelled the Plan B measures in at the COVID rollout the same day the Commonwealth sheriffs arrived in England with his arrest warrants because there had been protests of tens of thousands of people in the streets and they had visions of all these people armed with arrest warrants knocking on the door of Buckingham Palace and uh, I should give the address GlaxoSmithKline House is in Brentford in Middlesex uh, 980 Great West Road well people have the right to go in there now and shut down the place uh, you know, and arrest anyone complicit in these crimes. So they knew that, and, and that has that effect, right, when when people go beyond words to saying, no, we have the law now on our side, right? 100%. So so that address in Middlesex, is that that's the, the head office, um, or, or is that the, the warehouse stockpiling of the weapons, that, or both? That's their corporate, their corporate headquarters, is 980 Great West Road, Brentford, Middlesex. And Emma Walmsley actually lives in the uh, suburbs of London, uh, where people have been looking for her, but they they can't find them. They they're literally vanished. No one in the company seems to know where they are. So you know they're they're incommunicado right now, hoping probably, this thing will blow over. Probably in a bunker in China. <laughs> <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> uh, so that that's Walmsley and Welby. How about Windsor? 
I just saw her. I did see her shaking hands with Trudeau a couple of days ago. Yeah. Well, that that of course is that other story we talked about in the previous interview about uh, Trudeau is helping the Chinese set up basically their own self-governing area of Western British Columbia, uh, the West Coast of British Columbia. And, um, you know, Trudeau has formally handed over authority in the area to China, and he was getting, you know, kind of, quote, royal assent for that act. Um, don't forget the crown is of England is a big investor in big farm as well. They're allies with China. It's like all... The whole arrangement now is that China's taking over North America with the assistance of, of Russia, who is keeping America occupied in Ukraine while it happens, kind of in a nutshell. And so, you know, like the Vatican, the crown of England has had to choose what direction they're going to jump. And, you know, I think it's obvious that the, the movement is east, right, <laughs> with right. everybody. Yeah, well, I, I find it fascinating that the, the bread baskets, you know, uh, you, did we say this last time? You, Ukraine, Canada and, and Australia are, are being right. closed down, you know, perhaps in response to, um, you know, the, the Oceania, the, the Pacific Rim and the, and the Atlantic being the, um, the threat in, in inverted commas to the, uh, the top level of the pyramid, you know, the, the high ranking levels of the cult. And, and did you say that uh, the Windsors are major st- stockholders of Glaxo? And, and how does Glaxo fit in with the other? Is, is, is that a sort of pyramid with AstraZeneca, Pfizer on, on the, the peg below Glaxo? Do they well, don't off? forget, they're, they're, all, they're all subsidiaries of two big investment firms, uh, the Vanguard Group and BlackRock. And they own uh, controlling interest in all of the major pharma companies. They have assets of $16.5 trillion dollars. Um, and and so really it's it's their machinations that you could look at and and their relationship to China. Well, of course, BlackRock has a long tradition in China. Uh, you know, it's like they're they're like with the Vatican money, the trillions in the Vatican Bank. It's moving east. And, uh, you know, that's the new center of power. I think in 50 years, you're going to see China slash the corporatocracy running the world with Russia and Europe maybe allied as their 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 opposition, because, you know, Putin is in a weaker position than China now, and they're exploiting that to keep America occupied while they take over the West Coast. Right. The military and industrial complex will will keep these skirmishes at the borders of the continental uh, blocks going to maintain their profits as these uh, these big pharma corps are doing with these uh, viruses, pestilence or whatever whatever you want to call them. Um, Number four. The direct, direct actions being planned against Anglicans in Canada. So is that, does yeah, that, this, this, sounds, this sounds exciting. It's happening as we speak, actually. Uh, people in London have already gone into churches uh, and have done sit-downs. Uh, they said this property is forfeited, uh, telling people not to donate money, not to go to church, not to take the shots. They're also um, uh, picketing the local hospitals. And what's interesting about this Victoria Hospital in London, Ontario, there's a tunnel system running from there to the local Catholic church and hospital. And as far back as the 1920s, like for a good century, there's documented reports of this is where children were taken for experimentation and, and other heinous things. Um, so London was named by the Royal Canadian Mount Police years ago as one of the chief child trafficking networks because, ironically, it was the center of the Underground Railway coming up from in the during the Civil War years in America. 
the Underground Railway would stop in London, and then blacks would kind of fan out into Ontario because by then the British Empire had abolished slavery. But um, that network was then taken over by the church, and under the guise of you know humanitarian work, they used those tunnel systems right to do a lot of their crimes at the mushhole, and I mean, and other places like it. So I mean, it's that whole. You know, it's an interesting part of the world because my ancestors uh, who came from England, the Annats, they settled just west of there. And uh, that Philip Anna, my great-great-great-grandfather, took up arms. They went to London to try to overthrow the crown. There was the attempt in York, which is now Toronto, in Quebec, and in London, Ontario, to overthrow the crown. But they, their forces were scattered and they got defeated. But that whole area has been kind of like the center of the struggle. And yet you ask your average Canadian, and that memory of it is being totally wiped clean, you know. So this is, in a good way, a reviving about that whole lost history, right? Right. It's, it's not in the school curriculums, <laughs> but yeah, people never. are talking. But people are talking about it now, right? It's 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 hot hot uh, topic. Well, I, also, I, I I should plug my book. Uh, I wrote a book about that. Um, one of them, um, Land of Liberty, it's called right. on Amazon, and it's it's a, a work of fiction, not really fiction. It's a novel, but it's based on my Annette family history, past, present, and future, and it's based on that part of the world. Um, you know, so it's, it, it had a, a, the crown really wanted to hold on to that because they were afraid of the Americans coming up after the war of 1812 and grabbing that area. The, the rebellion in 1837 had a lot of support from farmers who were displanted Americans who didn't like the British empire and they wanted to get rid of it. So that whole area has always been, you know, they, it's like in British Columbia, they poured in a lot of resources to keep up the Americans um, and so that's where a lot of these crimes could happen because everyone was looking the other way, worried about the Yankees. And in the background, they were doing all this mass murder. Right? Yeah, I, I find it fascinating that, you know, there's that um, constitution and, and the, the aspect of liberty. You know, America is, is built on getting away from these ancient regimes, if you like, and just across the border from, you know, some of the biggest, the most heavily populated parts of the U.S., you've got that crown capital right there right of, of oh, yeah. ottawa it's just sitting there like a you know like a predator well, With, it's, it's it's funny yeah go ahead i was going to go back to the um yeah. the underground the subterranean networks you know this this also seems a uh a characteristic of you know sun tzu says know your enemy you know as you were talking about it what popped into my head was was the catacombs under paris right and and then you know you can go right back into history and and there seems that there's always these subterranean networks of uh, tunnel systems you know that are sort of covert not really known you know sort of mythical in a way but they but they certainly exist just just down the road here in west wales Premiership, we've got a, a a disused military uh train track that just goes into the cliff and who knows where it ends up, right? You know, subterranean right. stuff everywhere. Well, you know, the, the very fact they have to hide it like that means it's not lawful and it's not, it's not good because, um, you know, they operate in the shadows all the time and also the shadow in our own mind, you know, like um, part of the, anyone can believe that this is true based on their own common sense and knowledge. And yet we shove that down. We don't want to admit that we're really part of a murderous system that's been spanning centuries. Uh, and that's what's why people who just act like COVID is some recent nasty thing they're doing, they're confused by it. They keep, why do they keep doing this to us? Well, know your history and you're armed. 
you know, to what you're part of, and then you can react in a different way than simply fear, right? Yep. Next one, number five, the connection to the mush hole, mass grave, and residential school, and our campaign to unearth it. So the, the, the buttons you showed us early, that's, that's a reference to this one, right? That's right. And, you know, 10 years ago, right now, it was uh, uh, February, March 2012. That's when the dig was being shut down. We had been invited a year before that to come in by uh, nine traditional elders of the Mohawk Nation and said, we know that there's children in that ground. We'll take you to them. Um, we want to bring them home. And so what was interesting was for the first time, even the state funded puppet chiefs were on board with doing the dig. There was so much support for it that they had to go along. So for a few months, we had the ground penetrating radar. We had the eyewitnesses taking us to the site. And it's, it's, it's a really chilling spot on the back of the school, which is still standing. You can still see on the bricks graffiti of children saying, help me. My name is Sadie. Uh, you know, right near that underground cistern where they put the children and they turned to mush. All of this stuff, and the ground is heaped up to the right because that, they brought in the bulldozers to cover the graves. And um, we went in there and dug, and on the f- very day we began, we found these bones. We found buttons. The Smithsonian Institute, um, a guy called Don Ortner, he said these are definitely human remains. He offered to come up and help, and he died. Um, then the, the government came in in a big way and shut down the dig. They bought people into silence. They, the chiefs, you know, started a typical kind of smear campaign on me. And the whole thing was wiped out of the memory of people. Um, and yet, at the same time, what happened was we, we, we found evidence in London, England, that um, there had been a very long tradition of crime at that place. There were, it's run by a place called the New England Missionary Society, the New England Company. And I think they still have an office in London, England. and. Um, Several people went over there to research it, and one of them died when they were over there, when they began to access the stuff. Like everyone who, who investigates a muscle or, or Don Ortner in the Smithsonian, they just die all of a sudden, right? And there was a woman called Leona Moses, who was a Mohawk woman, worked for the Anglican Diocese, and said they found stuff on those archives that would bury the church. Evidence of planned murder going back a century and a half, these experiments, all of this stuff. The, right? the archives in, and, in London, England? Not only there, but in a place called Huron College in London, Ontario, which is right near this church where they're pushing the the vaccines on their their Anglican parishioners. And um, Huron College has all of these documents. Leona uh, Moses, again, was going to go public with it. Her house burns down. All of this evidence she had disappears. And then a month later, she dies of, quote, a heart attack. Right. So this is body count of anyone related to exposing the the mush hole. And. of course, they couldn't touch me because I had such a high profile. I was on TV and other things talking about this. But everyone around me, bang, 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 was being taken out or killed, right? And uh, we, we got a court affidavit allowing us to go into the, uh, the Huron Diocese, Huron College records. And again, then the police showed up and shut that down. It was like such a farce at every level, right? Um, what what was their was excuse for shutting it down? They didn't give an excuse. It was the church. The church had the right to their own records. That, you know, the Canadian government said to the churches, we won't uh, allow lawsuits to be brought against you on the condition that you fully disclose all of your records. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll disclose. And then they didn't. They buried all their records, and the government let them get away with it. So the church is the power into itself. 
and uh, Fred Hiltz, he was the Archbishop of Toronto, Bob Bennett, the bishop, they actually told their employees they got an order from the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, who's the guy named in the arrest warrant, to destroy any evidence that might implicate the royal family or anybody in the system. Because they, in effect, they, were, they knew the Dutch and the British royal families were coming over there to the mushroom to get kids and to leave again. That's being documented by witnesses and others. So this mushroom is the scene of the crime in a huge way. And it's just down the road from all this stuff going on in London, right? So just to recap here, uh, Welby, Archbishop yeah. of Canterbury, and, and the Dutch royal family documented first-hand witness evidence uh, connecting them to, to the murders. Directly. And, um, you know, like it, during World War II, the Dutch royal family came over to Canada after Holland was taken over by the Nazis. But there was a law passed in Canada allowing the Dutch like the British royal family, absolute immunity from any Canadian law. And uh, we had a former doctor who worked at the hospital near the Mushroom saying that it was common knowledge that the Dutch uh, Queen Wilhelmina and others in the Dutch royal family were coming and taking native children, just like Queen Elizabeth did in Kamloops. Right. So, uh, so Canada is like the, the, the sports venue, if you like. They, they, they come over and they commit their horrific deviant pervert crimes on these children well they farm away from they home farm right? children they farm children it's a it's a resource base and one of the resources is children right just going back to the start of that section you said you, you mentioned the bulldozing was that part of the cover-up oh yeah we even have uh, there was a guy geronimo henry he was a native guy he was like a funny old guy he, he was in the 70s but he he made a living being an elvis impersonator so, so he had these long sideburns and tried to make him look like Elvis. But anyway, he um, um, told me about when he was a, a young boy, he saw them taking out the children at night and burying them in the woods, exactly where we dug and found the bones later and the buttons. And he said the bulldozers came in and piled up the dirt right over the, the graves to the right of where that cistern was. And sure enough, the, the, uh, when we did the first ground penetrating radar survey, it's like a lawnmower. You push along the ground, and it gives you a subsurface uh, X-ray of, of what's there. Okay. I remember Clint King, the operator of this GPR unit, said to me, this, there has been massive soil dislocation here, 10, 20 feet piled up. It's very abnormal. Obviously, they were covering something, right? And, um, mass grave. Oh, mass graves have shown all over there eyewitnesses, the forensic evidence, the documents, everything you need in a court of law to prove it. And it was proved in, in our court, in the court of public opinion. And yet people are acting now like it never happened, right? And, and, and so there was a court convened especially for that? That was the first international common court of justice uh, trial that deposed Benedict. The first one in, in 2012, 2013. 2013. A lot yeah. of the, the – the, you see, I was the advisor to the prosecutor. I took all this evidence from Canada, including the evidence from the mushroom, gave it to the prosecutor, and that formed a big chunk of the evidence that convicted, you know, Elizabeth and uh, Benedict. All these people who were involved in the Catholic and Anglican involvement in the mushroom was severe. Um, you know, we had police-accredited psychics come to the building and touch it, and they got all these impressions of children being sacrificed, of priests in red robes back in the 1800s conducting sacrificial ceremonies in the sub-basement area. You know, if you look at the base of the school, you can still see an archway, the top of an archway, like it's a door covered by all that dirt that was piled up. 
And so there was a subterranean area and eyewitnesses described being taken down in there and seeing all these things. So, you know, it's just more of the same, right? Right. Similarly in Kamloops, right? I remember you saying that there was a, a psychic um, approved for, for the Kamloops, um, 10 children murdered, 10th of October, 1964 as well, right? Is, is there right. any way that people could access uh, the, the statements of, you know, fascinating people like, like these uh, psychics? Oh, it's... Murderbydecree.com. You just got to. You see, it's a big, it's a big book. It's like 400 pages long. And in this day and age, people want a three-second answer. They want brief, a little concise thing they can read. You got to do the slogging through the evidence and read all this stuff. A lot of the statements are buried in there. Um, I can read out some of them if you like, but the point is, people need to to do their own reading, and then it's very convincing what you find in there. Right? That's that's one of the few I haven't got on my shelf is murder by decree. It's it's on it's on my it's on my Christmas list. So 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 that um, poli- uh, investigative approved psychic was was it the same one in Ontario as it was in BC or or, or is there there are a few of them? It was. Yeah, her name is Yvonne Fanton. She lived on Vancouver Island. Uh, she's retired now, but uh, she was public along with me and other people doing all this stuff. Um, Yvonne was used by the RCMP on Vancouver Island. She she has the ability to literally go and point to a hill and say they're buried there, go dig, and every time she does, they find them, right? And so those those ten children at Kamloops, she 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 was the one that she energetically located them, right? Yep. We took her up to uh, Dead Man's Creek, which is where William Coombs said he saw the children taken. Um, now, a background for people who don't know, William Coombs, uh, who had worked in our network was a boy at the Kamloops Catholic school, October 10th, 1964, Queen Elizabeth and Philip showed up and the, the records show they were in Canada at that time in a royal visit. And, um, they went to a picnic at a place called dead man's Creek, about 10 kilometers West of Kamloops. And, uh, William says they were given lemonade and then made them pass out. They were drugged. But before he passed out, he saw the queen and the prince take 10 children away. And those children were never seen again. Well, we took Yvonne to that spot and she walked around and then she said, oh, no, yeah, they were over there. They were killed the same day and their bodies were aligned in a kind of cultic, a weird configuration. So she believed it was a cultic killing. Add up all the numbers, they all equal 10. A tenth month, ten, uh, 10th day, 1964, 10 children. Uh, not remember- only 10 children, but seven, seven boys and three girls. Right which if you read in the book of Job is the number of Job's children who were killed by God to test Job's faith. Right. So it's all cultic. Right. So what was, what was the configuration? I, I, in my mind, it, it would fit with a, an inverted pentagram, five points to two children. She made reference to, yeah, she made reference to them being in a pointed configuration, but I can't, honestly, I can't remember her exact description. I'd have to go through my notes and find that. But um, yeah, it was, she was very clear that it happened that day and, and they were killed throats cut and aligned in a certain way. And then the drunk, the, the blood was, was consumed in the usual. So she had visions. She had visions of all this. And, and, and is there, so you say Celtic, is, is that Druidic? I'm just thinking, is, that, is there a connection here with... Uh, no, Celtic, not Celtic. I don't, Celtic. Want, to, I don't want to disparage my ancestors. Celtic. Celtic. Okay. Celtic. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, number six, final one. So GlaxoSmithKline, 
ties to church, history, and China, amongst others. We, we've talked about that some already, but um, the, uh, the thing about them is that they, they have a special inside track with, with the British crown and with the whole history of, of kind of colonial-based genocide all over the world. They were doing those experimental hospitals, not just Canada among the natives, but South Africa, all over Africa, um, all over England, slum children, the whole bit. So it's that long tradition of in-house genocide, right? Yeah, it seems very likely to me that, you know, they, they have these uh, corp- corporate uh, entities for for the rank and file, for the public to, to see. But but there's a, a completely different uh, network that operates in the shadows um, that, you know, has no borders or boundaries with regards to corporations or, or nation states or, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's nation states like religions are for the consumption of the masses of, of the slave population who have to stay divided and fighting each other, right? That's how the few rule the many. But um, it, it begins to break down in times like this, right? People can see through it. But again, we, as we've talked about so much, where's the alternative for people, right? If they don't have the alternative, they slip back into the old automatically, even if they're mentally against it. They're still part of it. they got to break energetically. And you do that into a new energy system like the, you know, hegemonicon, our own hegemonicon, right? Group mind. Yeah. And, and it's, it's incremental, isn't it? You know, you can, you can pull it right back to not paying taxes, you know, or, or, or not even taking uh, oblongs of paper with the queen on, right? You know, don't, don't involve yourself in, in that whole energy flow power structure system. You know, you, you, it's it's almost like uh, so it's, it's almost like religion in a way. You know how how fervent are you? <laughs> to, 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 right. To well, yeah, and I mean the the neat thing is that you can take action wherever you are. And so, uh, you know, one message to people in England who are listening to this is: um, uh, go down to Middlesex, go to the GSK headquarters. If you're going to have a protest, do it right there, folks, and go in. You can lawfully use our warrants. Use the warrants. You know, murderbydecree.com under ITCC updates, January 15th. You run off the PDFs, and you can use the warrant to make arrests at anyone who works Deputize for that the local police, and in you go. Yep. And I know people in Cornwall are doing that. They've, they've been using our warrants to shut down pharmacies that are distributing the, the, the killer COVID drug. Uh, Southwest England, Cornwall here. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's just a matter of doing now. We know what to do. We know what the problem is. It's that element of will and courage that, that we need to be pushing right now. You know? And as well as Glaxo and, and the big pharma ones, where's the head office uh, similarly for Vanguard and BlackRock? Is that USA? US for now. Uh, but again, like that might be their public address, but these are international networks of power, so it's not based anywhere, really. It's kind of like this, this uh, the hidden thing. It's like, do you ever really see the people pulling the strings? Well, I don't think so, but um, they're protected by, like, a mafia dawn, by layers of, of protection, including in people's minds, right? Um, from, from your perspective, who's, who's teetering on, on, on the brink the most? The, the churches? Uh, the the royals, the corporations, who's who's likely to crumble, collapse first? 
they're all part of the same thing and they're mutually dependent on each other, which is why, you know, the governments protect the churches, the churches brainwash people for the state and help big pharma by providing children in their experiments and corporatocracy promises prosperity and protection to anybody who serves it. Right. So, I mean, thing, you know, we're, we're evolving towards the Omnicorp. I call it in my, my land of Liberty novel. I call it Omnicorp uh, because in the future, you know, there's the Omni corporation and then there's the people and that's it. I mean, though, yeah, governments, all these other things fall away, right? They're ultimately not needed as this concentration of wealth and power continues, right? Make, make me think of the uh, the movie Blade Runner, where, where you got the um, you know the corporate overlords, and then you got the the underclass, and, and that sort of altitude of of skyscraper buildings very much um, designates who's who's who in the in the corporate plus plus the the tech, you know, the the DARPA. Um, AI situation too. Well, um, we're in it now. That's the point. We're, the we're in it and they're using their technology to befuddle everybody. And we got to get our minds out of their network, right? That's the first step. Yeah. It's, it's a real, um, it's a cold Turkey, isn't it? You know, you, people's lives yeah. are so intricately involved with invert commas, the enemy. It's, it's a, we've talked about it many times. It's, it's a real uh, break yeah. away, isn't it? Okay. Well, this we... is good. I uh, appreciate that. I, I really wanted to get this news about what the Anglican Church is demanding to their own people now, because it's all—it's another light on the whole agenda. And again, Canada being used as the testing ground, right? Yeah. Hey, I, one thing I, I meant to ask you on the last one, but um, maybe I can now. We've got a couple of minutes. Uh, ATMs—I think you call them over there. We call them cash point machines. They're, in Australia and, and certain parts of the world, they're, they're all being shut down now, so that the digital economy can come into play uh, wholesale. Is—is is that where you are? How, how's how's the the cash? They're doing it selectively. They're doing it selectively in Canada, so that's happened occasionally. Uh, the real testing ground is on the West Coast. The Chinese have moved into it in a big way and so that's where you see a lot of the atms being shut down uh it don't forget we're always being experimented on so it's right. a way to test people's reactions um to see you know to gradually turn up the temperature on the on the boiling frog in the water right right uh, also the, the toe but, in the water yeah, that's where they, they they put the toe in the water they give it a test and they see the the public response right if there's big pushback then, right. then they're you know two steps forwards one steps back you know back, test the water right yeah, well, and, and generally, don't forget, too, that the purpose of them crashing an economy is so that the bigger corporation can gobble it up cheaper. And, uh, you know, you saw that all over. For years, when I worked in the downtown part of Vancouver as a street minister, you know, the, the police are lo- allowing crime to break out everywhere because it, and, and drug dealing literally right on the front steps of the police station. Because what that does is drive down the property values. The big Chinese overseas developers come in and buy it up cheap. And the police help them do that, right? So, I mean, it's the same old game, right? Right. L- long-term financial planning and strategy, for sure. Right. Yeah. And, and with the, with the, um, the Anglican Church and the, and the injections, the lethal injections, that, that coercive element, it's, it's right there in, in the, the vocab and the terminology of the, the Nuremberg Code, right? So it's, it's very, very easy to um, make arrests and use these arrest warrants using 
the Nuremberg Code as a reference, right? I mean, everybody's heard of the Nuremberg trials and the Nuremberg Code. And, and when it says in the Nuremberg, we, we got 381 MPs over here, members of parliament, that have signed an act. I think it was two. There was one in last summer 2021 and December, uh, end of the year 2021, where, where they, they signed off a coercive act of parliament so that people's incomes were going to be curtailed and uh, stopped unless they had this very dangerous injection where all the statistics, you know, Pfizer's really on the back foot with the stats, right? There's all these side effects that have just been published. You know, this, this, is, this is very exciting, right, Kev? We're, we're, we're making huge inroads here. Well, don't forget, ultimately, it's the same old question. Their oath of allegiance is to Queen Elizabeth and her descendants. And legally, they can operate only within that framework. So we say that's why we need to create our own framework over here, you know, with the republic. Uh, and when we create that initiative ourselves, it doesn't really matter what they do anymore. We create the, the new impetus, and they have to follow it, right? And that's a hard thing for people to get their minds around. But the more you do it, the more you live in that, you know, exercise in that new muscle uh, in, in your mind, the more it becomes a reality. And we're, we're seeing that happen. That's what I find is the really exciting part is that people are creating their own alternative, right? Playing the pipes to their tune, to, to our tune. They, they, they have to react to, right. to our, yep. our pipes. That's what Sun Tzu says in the Art of War. You set the, whoever sets the train of battle will win, no matter how small they are. Yeah. Fight, fight the battle on your own turf, right? Right. Always. Never react. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's call it quits here, shall we come? Thank you, Owen. Uh, MurderbyDecree.com, everyone. Thanks so much. Yeah, wow. That all all that, that information about the the mush hole and the and the residential death camps for children, uh murderbydecree.com and, and the book. It's all there. Four hundred pages right. of testimony, right? Documents, the whole bit. Yep. Yeah. Is is it flying off Thanks the shelf? So. Are, you, are you are you shifting more copies these days than ever before? It went up for a while. Now it's down again. But uh, every time this book, Murder by Decree, with all the evidence, every library in Canada that's ever gone in, it disappeared from. And then the librarians pretend they don't know why. And that's why we put it online. Um, but you know, it's a banned book in Canada because it's the answer to the 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 cover up, the Truth and Reconciliation cover-up that um, the government and the churches, the criminals investigating themselves, uh, it's all the evidence that they, they banned and censored. So it's invaluable. We're trying to get it into schools and into the curriculums and everything. So it's an uphill battle, but got to do it, right? And, and I, I'm sure I know the answer. It's almost a rhetorical question. No, no, no one was arrested for, for the mass murder of all these children. Uh, a few people in the early years went to trial for rape. And they were out after about three or four years. They were never tried for any capital crime. Uh, over 60,000 deaths, at least. No one's ever gone to trial for a, a death, except in our court trial in Europe. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the only time it's ever been convicted. And, uh, you know, perhaps it's, uh, uh, perhaps they want to stay um, off the radar, so to speak. But but the the, the, the common law crowd in, in Cornwall, just uh, the peninsula down from here. Uh, can, you, can, you, can you tell us anything about, about those guys? They, they sound like they're um, pretty dynamic. 
Well, I think the best thing is for them to tell you themselves and we can do an interview with them or something. I don't okay. want to speak for them. I also don't know enough about them to say, but I do know they've taken all warrants and are acting on them. They've been doing common law education and, uh, you know, it's, they, they're not giving up. So that's really encouraging. Yeah. There's, there's a good vibe in Cornwall. They've, they've got a very um, yeah. independent uh, vibe to them down there. It's good, good, good on them. If, if they're watching, you know, hats off the call. Okay. Right. Cheers, Kev. Uh, all the best. Chat, chat Thank next you. Week. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Okay.